My guest today is Mark Martin, the CEO of Build Up Birmingham. It's good to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Tell me about you and what led you to be a part of Build Up Birmingham. Yeah, so I uh, went from being a finance major at the University of Alabama in uh, 2003 to a first grade classroom teacher on the west side of Atlanta, about two miles from the Georgia Dome. Education kind of very quickly became my mission field. I didn't want to have to, you know, wake up in the mornings and and go seek it out. I knew every day, especially with my first graders, there were going to be about 26 and 7-year-olds walking through those doors that I hopefully could be a vessel for the Lord for. And so it's very much been a calling and, and even down to how Build Up started. It was very much something the Lord placed on my heart. And so that's led me back home after being away from Alabama for about 14 years to start Build Up. Tell us about Build Up. What is the mission at Build Up Birmingham? Our vision is to empower and equip youth and communities to determine their own future. Behind that, though, is giving our young people the education, both academic and skills-wise, so that they can get a high school diploma and associate's degree, then earn one of what we call a path to the middle class. And at that point, our kids have accomplished what we call the road to home ownership, and they'll be able to take ownership of one of the homes they've been working on and by that time even living in. So it goes from mom or dad or grandparents renting the homes, and all of our students are in rental situations because home ownership has been really tough to access for them. But the young person, once they graduate, and at this point they're 20, 21 years old, they become homeowners of homes in their community and lead the long-term change in their neighborhoods. You mentioned being a first-grade teacher and how that sort of stirred up your interest in making a difference. Tell us about that and and what did you see as a teacher? Well, I'll go back to um, when I was a college student. I kind of, throughout high school and throughout my adolescence, was just so focused on sports that I'd never really looked into service too much. My mom did things like Meals on Wheels, and she's absolute saint, a public school teacher, a special ed teacher for 40 years. But I kind of traded sports for service through my church uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Calvary Baptist Church, and started serving at a, a low-income housing project and just began to see what a huge gap in our country we have between the haves and the have-nots and uh, those with access to opportunity and those who do not. And so the Lord just really put on my heart that I, I can again, be a vessel, make a difference. And um, so going from college into a first grade classroom and feeling very ill-equipped, I leaned heavily on those around me. But And that included the families that were there that knew their children best and wanted the best for their children, but didn't always have the opportunities to provide that for their kids. And so we started developing partnerships and we launched a Boy Scout troop and just things like that to expand the horizons for our kids. But what I learned over about 14, 15 years in public education was just that too often the things that impact classroom outcomes and learning the most are things that teachers within the four walls of a school building can't really do anything about and often throw their hands in the air. That's things like parent educational attainment and socioeconomic status and zip code and all these things that too often define a young person's destiny. But we know that demographics should not define how a child ends up and the opportunities that they have and that their potential, which the Lord has given each and every young person in this in this world, great potential. But can they actually get access to the opportunities, the people, the experiences, the curriculum at times, the teaching, the learning to, to really turn that potential into a way to contribute to society and, and really also live out their own dreams? And so I ended up starting a school in post-Katrina, New Orleans as well, uh, Langston Hughes Academy. That's still a great school, but we still students slipping through the cracks. And our mantra there was based off of Langston Hughes' poetry. It was dream it, do it, be it. But too often our kids couldn't become their dreams because they they didn't 
you know, there was something missing and um, there was not enough connection between home and school and job skills that really matter in this world. And so build up was something that honestly, three months before graduation, when I went back to a doctoral program, I woke up in Boston and four in the morning, which I normally sleep soundly through the night, but the Lord just placed every bit of this on my heart of how to start a very different, uh, boldly different school model where young people would be paid to rebuild their own communities while gaining skills through apprenticeship learning. So in the arena with experts in the construction and real estate industries, and as they rebuild homes in their community, they'll move into them and, and take both uh, literal and figurative ownership of their neighborhoods and, and the assets that are in their neighborhoods. And then as, as this collective crew of young people who have the audacity and the energy to really tackle large challenges like urban blight and poverty and, and change their own equation, then by coming together, those students can change the equation for their neighbors as well. How does a young person go from rehabbing an old home to eventually owning the home? Tell us about that. Well, so to start, our kids come to us after eighth grade and Build Up is a an accredited high school in Birmingham, Alabama, where we kind of have our flagship and we are looking to expand to other communities. Cleveland, for example, is Cleveland, Ohio, is where we're going to open our first out-of-state site. But young people come to us following their eighth grade experience. Many of them have never even held a hammer before, right? They have a long way to go to be professionals in this industry, and, and we don't pigeonhole kids in that direction either. But they start by getting a quality academic foundation. So we are the high school. We're filling in all the gaps. Many of our students come to us well behind in math and reading skills. So we close those academic gaps, but we do that by engaging them in the learning that's really relevant to them. So for instance, we teach a class called geometry and construction. And so rather than doing geometry on a two-dimensional chalkboard or projector screen, our kids are actually working with power tools and two-by-fours and learning about structural integrity of shapes like triangles and arches and building walls. And then that afternoon, they'll go out to a house that's blighted, abandoned, oftentimes boarded up or left for dead in the neighborhoods that they live in. And they will collectively work on those homes alongside industry experts, so plumbers, electricians, carpenters, roofers, you name it. And so they're both getting access to others that have gone before them, walked in their shoes, but they're also learning these skills and getting the investment of learning how to do it on their own and and knowing that they can be change agents. It just really builds agency in them that they can be a difference maker in this world. And so even if they haven't had much success in school prior, we get them kind of re-engaged in this process. We also pay an educational stipend. So our students are working hard, but they're earning money along the way. So they don't have to drop out like many low-income students do to go work in fast food or something like that, but they're gaining valuable skills. And then as we complete homes in the neighborhood, our families who are all renting move in and start paying rent, but don't pay a dollar more than they're currently paying, often for homes that have mold and mildew and rodents and pests. And so they move into our build-up homes, and then as the student, again, gains a, a high school diploma from us and then a post-secondary degree or, for instance, like a journeyman's credential in, in plumbing through an apprenticeship, once they get a real sound credential behind their name to enter the workforce, then they and are in middle-class jobs, then that's when they get the opportunity to get a 0% interest mortgage on that home and begin paying it off as an owner. And so um, we know home ownership in this country is, is part of the American dream. If we're still trying to provide that opportunity, then especially those who have not had access to it in the past need some breaks like a 0% interest, zero down, no closing cost mortgage. But again, there are no handouts in our program. Our students are working hard each and every day and they're earning it while, again, rebuilding their own neighborhood, which is really cool to see. So how many kids have participated in this program? So 
last year we graduated our first eight because they came to us and we were, were only three years old, but these students already had some high school credits under their belts before coming to us. Um, and we have about 60 students now. So we're pretty small. We're a niche program, but um, we're also trying to influence the school system around us and show them what, how to do some things differently. Got a lot of support from the Home Depot Foundation for a curriculum called HBI. That's the Home Builders Institute. And we are the first school in the state to do that. But our local school system decided after walking through with their career and technical education director that they wanted to follow suit and enroll it out uh, in two of their high schools as the second and third schools. So we're trying to just do education differently, but also inspire other schools to follow in our footsteps some so that they can provide all students in the city of Birmingham and, and beyond uh, with the educational opportunities and career opportunities that they deserve. How is the community reacting? Our community is great. We're in a, a small part of Birmingham called Inslee. And in 1960, it peaked at about 45,000 residents, had approximately 30,000 jobs in a U.S. steel mill alone. But over the next really 60 years, and the 2020 um, census just came out, and Inslee dropped from about 45,000 residents, and it was very diverse, um, about a third black, a third white, and a third kind of recent immigrants, um, Eastern and Western Europe. But now it's, it dropped to about 4,500 residents, and, and most of them are stuck in kind of low-income situations. And so our community needed help and needed to infuse some energy. But what's very different about our model for revitalizing communities is it's not about outsiders coming in with and buying it up and bringing their own set of cultural values and things like that in and fixing the problems that are there on the ground. It's just about empowering and equipping the youth that already have that level of energy and hope to become the change in their own community. And like I said, getting them the tools to do that and be that difference maker. How are the young people reacting? Once they get in, most of them are thrilled, but it's, you know, we're asking them to do what's for most going to be a six-year commitment, which is tough for adults to do, right? And none of our 14-year-olds show up thinking about home ownership and having those keys in their hands. And as we know, delayed gratification is a challenge for all of us, especially if you've ever seen the, the marshmallow YouTube video of little kids and how long they can hold off before eating that marshmallow. But, you know, we are promising the kids at the end of this road, there's, there's going to be something waiting for them that can change their family's financial status for generations to come and, and hopefully help folks finally climb out of poverty and end that cycle for good. And I think that's worth every bit of hard work that they need to put into it. Um, we still are no silver bullet for the challenges that our kids face. Birmingham has a high level of gun violence, a lot of poverty, a lot of drugs and, and things that tend to derail a young person's life really quickly if we're not careful. And so it takes an entire community effort and, um, you know, a lot of partners that we lean on from uh, mental health providers to drug counseling, things like that, to surround our students with all the supports they need to really be successful with us. Is Build Up a faith-based organization? We're not a faith-based organization in that we don't have a Bible class during the day, but we are very much, most of our staff are believers and are constantly talking to the kids about the difference that the Lord has made in our own lives and how he is a Lord of redemption and second chances. And even if they've made mistakes, he's always got his arms out. And doing life together is really the way we do it. We depend a lot on philanthropic giving and fundraising. And so many corporate partners, you know, have restrictions on giving to faith-based entities. But the good thing is that as believers, we can, and in a private school especially, we can share our hearts with our kids. And when they make mistakes, it opens even more doors for the Lord to work. And so that's another encouraging piece. There are lots of people, even though the community is very low income, 
there are lots of people exploiting it and profiting off of it still. We often call them slumlords. But this is about looking out for your neighbor, and I don't think there's any better way than Judeo-Christian values to kind of share that with our students to help them not only better their own lives, but to lift up their whole community. And that's what our model is really about at the end of the day. Do you have a particular positive story that you'd like to share? We got a lot. We were recently featured actually on the 4th of July on the Today Show, and one of our students, Tori, is highlighted, and his mom um, just says, like, how many moms can say that their their son built the house for them and that they get to move into? And she's just so proud of her son. And, and Build Up really allowed Tori to break from his shell. He was kind of going through the motions of school. He was a good student, but had never really been challenged and, and wasn't going to get that education um, at the school he was at because it was on the state's failing schools list. So he chose a different route and came and spent his final three years of high school with us. And he's now pursuing a post-secondary degree and working at one of our partners in commercial construction called Blocks, um, building modular ER rooms and additional health facilities, especially in Alabama as we continue to face this COVID crisis, this company is doing really neat things to expand access to healthcare. And Tori's a part of all of that. And I think he is grateful that this program came along. And, um, you know, I really just feel like uh, the Lord has allowed me to to be a a vessel in this that um, he's used to, but he's opened so many doors. And that's been the coolest part of this is just seeing God work through this. And, you know, that's our faith has constantly been tested, you know, starting something like this from scratch. Nobody else in the country had ever tried it, but, but we're seeing success and our kids are feeling success and that makes it all worthwhile. Have you had other people reach out to you from across the country? All the time. (laughs) I used to be so excited when people would reach out and I would spend, you know, the next two hours just asking them how they heard about us and why they, what, what can I help you with? And (laughs) but now we are getting so many folks reaching out because we know a model like this can change lives and can change neighborhoods um, in a really dignified way. And so I think people have latched onto that and want to see similar programs roll out in their communities, but it's not easy. And there's a formula that we've figured out many of the pieces on, but we're still learning each and every day. And um, I think that's going to be going on for quite some time, but we do have a larger vision of expanding this really across the country to any community where there's both a want and a need. So the need is obvious and that's all over the country, especially in inner city communities and in rural communities. But do the folks on the ground really want it? We refuse to go bulldozing into a community and say, you know, we're here to solve your problems because that's not what we can do. This is just, as I mentioned, about empowering those who are already on the ground, already doing good work or full of potential to make that difference and just showing them a way, a different way to to do school, to, to gain an education while also gaining workforce skills and to really put it all to use to lift up their entire community. I have a question about curriculum. You mentioned geometry, real-time geometry. What else are you teaching? Well, so we feel like it's critical that our kids, especially in an entirely African-American student population, know their own history, know who they are, where they come from. And so we teach a humanities class that teaches our high school English language arts skills through the lens of social studies and, and history that our students also need to learn. So we start on the West Coast of Africa and bring it to present day and obviously spend some time on, on the civil rights era. But students have to learn about things like redlining and some of the historic injustices our country has seen so that they can know how to navigate the system that often isn't too fair to them uh, because of socioeconomic status, because of the color of their skin, and to navigate it and to change it for the future. 
And so, you know, that's a critical piece of our, our curriculum lies in them really learning their true history and, and their place in this world and how they can be change makers. I mentioned the HBI curriculum as well. That's uh, HBI and geometry and construction are what we call linked learning, where we're connecting the workforce stuff and that they'll be doing that afternoon out in the homes in the neighborhood to the academic stuff, but in more like a shop class type setting. So, you know, we really have those three components to our teaching and learning day. And I would say kids learn from teachers, tutors, peers, and computers. And more than anything, we want our kids to know that learning is a lifelong journey and, and that, you know, for many of them who are so far behind academically, we may not close that gap in the first two, three, four years of the program even, but if they commit to learning and if they, you know, avoid some of the pitfalls that I mentioned earlier that too often suck in young people from lower income backgrounds, um, if they can avoid those and, and just keep their eyes and ears and, and hearts focused on the goals and dreams that they have for their own family and their own community, that, then we know that they can end up being successful and they'll never have to go hungry again. They'll never have to live in a place that doesn't have quality air conditions, you name it, their lives can change and, and for the better and for generations to come. And that's, I think, what continues to inspire me in this work and our team. We have an incredible team of classroom teachers, building instructors, construction partners, and, you know, this is a, a truly a community-wide effort. What is your website at Build Up Birmingham? Buildup.work, W-O-R-K, which our students are doing each and every day and our staff and everyone, buildup.work. And, yeah, we would love for people to check it out and support us in any number of ways. One of the craziest things we stumbled into is people are actually donating entire homes to us with marble countertops and stainless steel appliances. And we're picking up the homes off the foundation where they'd otherwise have to pay to demolish them and send them to a landfill. We're getting perfectly good homes and rolling them over the hill from the suburbs into Birmingham and, and helping rebuild Birmingham in that way. So there are a ton of different ways people can get involved. And we just yeah, encourage you to go uh, visit our website, buildup.work. I love it. Mark Martin, thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing and all of the lives that you're changing. We so appreciate your time. Thank you for this opportunity. And uh, thank you to all the K-Love listeners, big fan of the station. And just keep us in your prayers as well. We need it each and every day. Absolutely. I can't. I'm, I'm absolutely moved by what you're doing. Thank you.